0: How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. In all people I see myself, none more and not one a barleycorn less. And the good or bad I say of myself, I say of them. And I know I am solid and sound. To me, the converging objects of the universe perpetually flow. All are written to me, and I must get what the writing means. I know I am deathless. I know this orbit of mine cannot be swept by the carpenter's compass. I know I shall not pass like a child's carlique cut with a burnt stick at night. I know I am august. I do not trouble my spirit to vindicate itself or be understood. I see that the elementary laws never apologize. I reckon I behave no prouder than the level I plant my house by, after all. I exist as I am. That is enough. If no other in the world be aware, I sit content. And if each and all be aware, I sit content. One world is aware, and by far the largest in me, and that is myself. And whether I come to my own, today, or in ten thousand, or ten million years, I can cheerfully take it now, and with equal cheerfulness, I can wait. Song of Myself, Walt Whitman There was once a carpenter, and he lived on the shores of a great lake. Beautiful lake. And he was a simple man, he was a humble man, and yet he, he had great spirit about him. He looked upon his work with beauty, with joy, with humility, and people would come to him, and they would ask him to build various crafts for them, tables, chairs. He participated in the building, several beautiful houses that warmed the people that lived inside tended the children that lived in its walls and he smiled he appreciated his work and he knew that his hands were skilled and as he did his work he grew large he grew strong his body was strong because he had to carry the wood he had to carry the tools many of them were heavy and yet he carried it with lightness in his heart And he stubbed his toes. (laughs) He did. And sometimes that hammer missed its mark and nailed him right on the thumb. It did happen. And he did. He would scream out as that pain shuddered through his hand into his heart. He let out a, a little yelp on occasion. And yet his body grew into the work that he did. And he saw that so much of what he built was beautiful and that it it served a lot of people. And one day as he was walking along the shore of that great lake, he sat down on the sand and he looked out into the water and he looked at his hands and he saw that he he was a man of, of wood, of tools, that his body was solid and sound. And as he looked over that lake, he saw something mysterious in it. He saw something deeply mysterious and also deeply beautiful. And that lake reflected his spirit. And his spirit reflected that lake. And he sat there with it. And he noticed. One day, after he had carved a new bench for an old couple that needed a more comfortable place to sit. He sat down on the shore of that lake once again. A little piece of driftwood came floating off the lake, and on the driftwood was a few strands of hair. The man sat there and watched it float right up to the shore, gently. It was a calm day. And he reached out and picked up that piece of wood and the hair that was on it. And he could smell it. He could smell the lake. He could smell the wood. He could smell the oil in his hands and the sand. And as he was sitting there, pondering this piece of driftwood and the strands of hair, he felt a hand on his shoulder. And he turned and looked. And it was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. It was confusing to him. It was awful. In the real sense of that word, he was full of awe. He was wondering. He was curious. It was mesmerizing. And he looked into that woman's eyes, and he saw her beauty. And she looked into his eyes. And she said, I've come a long way. I've lived a long time. I've done a great many things. And there's something for me out there in the lake. I asked in town who the carpenter was, who made all these beautiful benches, who put up these doorposts. And the children laughed. And the old men and women smiled knowingly. And they pointed me in your direction. They said, at the end of the day, he often sits by the shore of that lake. So I came. I came to find you here. Because I'd like to ask for your help. And so the man looked at that woman and said, what can I do? How can I help you? And she said, I want you to help me. I want you to build a small vessel for me that I may take it out upon that lake and set sail to find what it is that I need to find out there. And the man thought this was a beautiful challenge. He thought it was a very beautiful challenge. He had crafted so many things on solid ground for so long, it had never occurred to him to craft a boat. But wood does float, and he was skilled. And it took him a very long time. And in time, he fell in love with the boat, with his craft. He would feel his hands along its edges. He would look at the grain of the wood. He could judge how it would hold itself upright, even amidst the storms. And he poured himself into that being, that ship. And one summer day, it was quite near the summer solstice, the longest day of the year, he had finished. And the woman knew. And they set a time to go and put the boat into the water. And the two went out onto the lake together. And they sailed around. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful boat. And the man smiled to himself. He thought inside himself, I've, I've done something pretty magnificent. I built this beautiful boat for this beautiful woman on the shore of this beautiful town. And he loved it so much that he began to look at the woman a little uncertainly. Let me show you how to steer it, he would say. Here, you got to put your hands here. Hold it this way. Not too hard, not too soft. Do you know how to put the sail up? I roll it up like this. Do you see? Because he loved that little craft that he had made. And after several journeys out onto that lake together, he sat on the shore, and he walked through town, and he saw the bench and the old couple sitting on the bench, and he saw the doorposts and the children running in and out, And he saw the tables and he saw the chairs. And he circled back through town and he saw the boat sitting on the edge of the shore. And suddenly he realized that the bench was made by the old couple. It was the children that asked for a doorway to be put up. It was the family that needed the table that caused it to be there. And it was the woman who touched him gently on his back and reminded him that there were places that she had to go. And that evening, when the woman came to the shore, he looked at her with sad eyes. And he looked at her with loving eyes. And he apologized. He apologized. He said, you asked me to do something for you, and I've done it. And it's time for me to give it to you, fully. Because it's you that's given it to me. Because it had never occurred to me to craft a boat, to go out onto the lake. It's your vision, and it's your gift, that even caused me to think that such a thing was worth building. And that evening as she got the boat ready, he sat down on the shore. And he said, you you know where to find me. If the boat ever needs repair, I'll do what I can. And now it's time for me to sit here on the shore where I was born and tend to my carpentry and my village. And I don't know what you'll find out there. I wish you joy in it. And he sat there and watched as she got into the boat. He had grown to love her. He had grown to love that little ship. And he watched as she sailed off. And Silke, I would would like it if you could finish that story.
1: As the woman stepped into that beautiful wooden vessel she looked into the eyes of the carpenter, and in it she saw the stars, and in it she saw the universe, and she saw that he had a star that was shining bright, that had guided him, that he would even be able to make such a vessel. And in the love that he had for her, he was able to connect to her star beam, and she knew it was safe to say aloud, for she had to go and follow the call of the whale mother that was calling her. There was an old, old whale mother that lived out in the middle of that lake that at one point led all the way to the ocean, in the middle of the ocean there was an old whale mother and she was crying she was crying for she felt the death of her life's partner and she was crying out and the woman knew she had to go to her whale mother and she would have to sing into the heart of her mother in the way that she was sung to when she Was born. She knew that in it she held a responsibility for something so much greater than just herself, and that she had to go out on that water. She also knew she couldn't get out there alone, and she knew that she would have to have a vessel that was made from the trees that grew on the land, and she would have to have someone that had such a connection with the stars so that he could always call her back to shore for she belonged to the land and she belonged to the water and while she was on the land she oftentimes longed for the time with the other whales deep deep in the ocean And when she was with the whales, she longed for the land where the trees stood and rooted into the earth. And she knew that these things all belonged together. And yet to hold it, she also knew she would have to find human beings that could help her, that could support her to do this very difficult journey of belonging to two worlds. yet understanding that it is one world. To be able to rise above and connect with the stars, to wrap a blanket around the earth's mother, this old mother that has given so much, much of her time the woman was spending knitting and weaving, making blankets, making little dolls, infusing them with the star magic that she had. And oftentimes her tears that would drip on one of her creations would infuse it with that energy of the water. And she also knew that she needed someone who had not only the relationship to the wood in the way how to carve it, but she had Watched this woodcarver, and she saw the way that he tended the fire and the way that he was present. She knew that even if she would ever come back and her own flame would almost be gone, he would know how to kindle it so that she could feel her own fire and her own flame in her being, and he would not say, I own that fire. He would bow to her and say, this is your fire burning in you. I gladly give of my breath so that you can live. And in turn, she said to the woodcarver, I am going to sail out into that sea, into the vastness of the ocean. I will dive deep down into a world that has long been forgotten. But when I come back, I will find you because I know what your star looks like. And I will bring you treasures from deep in the sea. And you will find them in unusual places. You will go into the high desert and you will find seashells. In a canyon, and you will know that even in the driest of deserts, the oceanic beings they can surface. every time you help me to keep my internal fire strong, you help me to make that journey between the worlds. And I want to show you something. Want you to look at the starry sky at night. And I'm going to show you my star. And if you are ever in the need for me to come to shore, you call on that star and I will know. And I will be there. And there will be many beautiful days we will walk on this land among the trees. And there will be times when we will have to trust that the stars are so strong and powerful that they will bring us always back together from that beautiful, beautiful love. And then, just like the whale, should never be kept in an enclosed place. In the way you set that boat free, you let that whale daughter go to her mother. And in helping her mother, she's helping. The earth in this time, for many beings are crying. And the woodcarver understood. And when he looked at that star that she showed him, when he saw her star, he knew that he would never lose her, no matter what part of the ocean she was in, no matter how deep the caves. And he knew that she would carry him with her. There would be times she would have to be encountering storms and the vessel would probably get broken and she would also have to come back and ask him to fix it. And he would gladly wait because he loved her and she loved him too. And perhaps when you, dear listeners, go out into the night and you look up at the star. You will find your own star that guides you to your destiny. What did you come here to do? And you will feel the depths of the ocean in your own being. And you will feel the smallness that the carpenter holds as he wills and he understands. That he's crafting something for you and he's giving himself so that that what you need can be received and in it there will be a remembrance of something very sacred it's a very old sacred contract and it's sealed by love unconditional love and I love you Joe Hmm. and I so appreciate you yeah
0: love you thank you Thanks for sharing this story with me. Thanks for sharing it for so many years. It's, it's really a treasure. It's a treasure that lives in my heart. And it's a treasure now that lives in the world. This story was helpful. Thank you. Because as as you know, and as I'd like to share with with our listeners, and all you beautiful folks who have been supporting us for quite some years now as this vision came to us for this book for this uh work. It's grown in, in so many directions. I believe it was around three years ago. Four years ago? It's hard for me to even remember now. <laughs> and of course it was uh all that time in the forest with the kids and with you. It's recently come to my awareness that uh, that it's time for me to let go a little bit. It's time for me to let go. Not, not disappear, but uh, it has been such a gift. It has been so wonderful to build... <laughs> this little raft with you, Soka, and it has always, always been clear to me. I sometimes think, me most of all, that all of this work comes from your vision from the work you've been doing with kids and within yourself and within your family for so many years and i've come along a little bit like a happy puppy <laughs> because i see the beauty in it and i've been just singing into that beauty for a long time and some of my songs are some of them are good and i've come to treasure that so much with you and i've come to take pride in it some some amount of ownership and i i've been wrestling with this this whole last year this whole last year on and off and boy now as we come around again to the solstice christmas new year i feel i do feel a sense of completion and in that i also feel um i feel myself growing in other directions and I I recognize that it's time for me to to do that, and in order for me to do that, I I have to say goodbye a little bit, and I also need to pull myself out, so that your light can shine ever brighter, ever brighter. Because, you know, dear listeners and supporters, boy. Boy, do I make mistakes. You know, that's just real. It's just super real. There's so much that happens for us behind the scenes. And it's been, whew, the whole process of it. It's really incredible. It's overwhelming almost. It's time for me to let Silka pilot the ship.
1: Yeah. Well, we you handed me last night the storytelling staff a beautiful stick that represents that, and you're like, I want you to take that. And I have to say, I sail the ship very different from you, Joe, because you have this ability to maneuver the ship with all of your engineering skills, with your power of the mind that can foresee... I lack those skills and I look before me and I will most likely blow that conch and call in the help to maneuver me through the challenging times. For me, blowing that conch is so much speaking to my own internal trust that the oceanic beings will guide me, and keep me safe, and help me to also speak the stories that are needed in this time. And I'm literally actually on my way to support my mother, who is sitting with my dying father. They've been almost married 60 years, and my mother is so incredibly strong, and I really had to hear her call, and it was not a call with words that was spoken, it was an energetic call from her mother's heart to my daughter's heart, that's like, she needs me now, this is hard, and I've been waiting and waiting there is these incredible human beings that are showing up that helping me to cross the ocean. It's not a matter of having enough money. It's not a matter of... It it's all comes down for me to just follow that call and calling in what I need. And at the same time, this ship that continues sailing would not sail, was it? Not for you. Because I always held back in thinking I can't do it. And when you walked into my life, you're like, Of course you can. If that's what you need, I can do this for you. And I believe that our work will continue and our listeners will also hear it in my stories how our relationship and our own personal growth that we are embarking on, how strongly rooted it is in that time of building that vessel and then in that release. Because in the release there will be something of a flow that will take place so that it will not become a stagnant energy. You are growing, I am growing, the stories will grow, something new has room to enter and this beautiful connection that we have through these, this star connection I want to call it, that's like, that's our, (laughs) there's our North Star, that's our, our goal, we know where we're going and we're going there together but not because I'm tethered to you. Yeah. And because not because you are holding on so tight that I can't go. Yeah. And that is my wish for all human beings, to feel that freedom and to at the same time feel that longing to return home to your love. And what a beautiful thing to know, that I can find my way home to you always. Mm. And that even in the distance I can always connect to your star. And in that threshold of going to be with my dying father, this remembrance that one day we too have to say goodbye. And that by that time this relationship, our knowing of... Connecting through these stars will help us to, again, bridge the worlds. Now we do it on this earthly plane, and then we will have to do it on that other plane. And it's a way of walking our life today, so that when that time comes, we can do that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Ooh. It's beautiful out here. It's hard out here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it is. It is. Ooh, again, thank you so much to all of you out there who have been listening, who've been reading, who've been paying attention, who've been supporting us. It it really means a lot to us. It really means a lot. We We are fairly modest people <laughs> just doing kind of our best here and and this work is really authentic for us and i think you know for those of you who have really really kind of touched in at you know at this deeper level i think that i think you recognize already probably that you know what what we're sharing isn't about keeping kids entertained for half an hour <laughs> that's beautiful it is beautiful and what we're after is something outstandingly richer than that and and it's and it's something that just it's suffused into our lives with each other silka and i tell stories to each other all the time as adults and it is very very precious it's very healing and i'm so grateful to have learned that from you through you with you to be a part of this this gentle and sweet message i think it's worth maybe very very briefly touching a little bit uh in on on some of the practical pieces sure. of what that might look like in the coming weeks months year mm-hmm. the reality is is that silka is is leaving within a matter of days to go visit her dying father and her mother and we're unsure how long that will be and at the same time it's it's clear to me that that it's time for me to divert my energy and resources into other things i'm working on another book sort of related but in in many ways different and i'm also devoted to my students and my class which is right here with us it's 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 literally out the window that we're looking at right now that's how intimate all of this stuff is for us when we talk about teaching kids when we talk about telling stories when we talk about the seasons and the christmas trees and the gnomes and all of it we're living this we're living it and we invite you into that uh into that relationship in your own life that own magical, and very palpably real relationship with the intimacy, with, with your physical lives, wherever you are, with your family, with your neighbors, even with the people who are difficult. <laughs> it's difficult folks out there for all of us too.
1: Yeah, and I would also like to say that for me, I as I'm walking in these shoes of the elder, or in my moccasins, you could say, I lead ceremonies and I invite women to come to pray with me on the land. I hold girls' groups. I'm really devoted to work with the divine feminine and support women to find their their strengths, and especially my my generation um I was born in sixty five i I was raised in a in a time when women did not just go and do their own thing, and especially if marriage was involved and so I have to reshift myself to say I can be married and I can be free. I can do my work in my marriage, and that is for me an important important goal to support Joe in that he can do his writing and support him in teaching and to rise to my own in stand in my own power and my strengths in my, strength, my truths, and to say, I have upheld a home and turned it into a women's sanctuary. Today it houses a small homeschool group, it houses children that come. It is a sanctuary and I wish for that to continue in ways that uh, is yet to be seen. It will unfold. There are already some things that have come our way and I'm not gonna talk about that yet. But there is continuously development on the land that allows for human beings to come together and to dream into the future and to say, we want to live and we can dream into the future. We can create portals. We can create space. I do things like sound seeding. I feel like we can create a space for the children where they feel that true life energy in the midst of all the electric energy fields. And I believe that, I trust that. And when I do blow that conch, I believe there is, it's for me, the ancient telephone. There is somebody who is answering on the other side who says, what do you need? So I want to work myself also on in establishing more and more clarity. What do I need? What do the children need? What does my partner need? What do I as woman need? My work will be to uh, have more and more clarity around that. And one of the beautiful things too between me and Joe is that I hold the water and he holds the fire. And as I give him his water and I offer that really with that prayer, he offers me that candle, that flame. And we're holding something that we say, I, I'm here to give and I'm also here to receive. And so maybe, maybe really be an inspiration. To all those that come here on the land, men and women alike, children, elders, birds, butterflies, Mm. ants. Mm. May they, may that, may seep into the land so that when you touch with your feet the ground where we do this work, you'll see that these gnomes are real you'll understand that the fairies are at work Mm. because you'll see that there's something bigger happen that goes beyond our human ability to just do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And some call that magic. It doesn't matter what we call it. We open ourselves to grow in ways that we can't even imagine.
0: Yeah. Yeah we we quite literally have boy there must be at least 5 to 10 different little gnomes and fairies that live on the land i mean quite a few more but but some that are very palpably embodied that the children visit and that and that we visit and that write us notes and that write them back and leave little surprises and of course it's of course it's us doing it And of course, it's them doing it to us. And that magic is real. And it has so much to do with the stories that we tell. The stories that we share with the children. And the children know that they're dolls. They know that they've been made. They even know that mostly, most of them have been made by your hands, Silke. (laughs) And they know. They know that I write the notes. And yet, they participate. And we all participate because there is something beautiful in it, and it is real. And so, as we share a little bit of these shifts and changes, um, thanks for listening. Thanks again for just all your support. You can look for us. How to tell stories to children? Facebook, especially, is probably going to slow down. Our probably our emails and other outlets are probably going to slow down this podcast will will probably have to take a little bit of a break especially as silka is away and um probably what will happen is it's it's going to become more and more silka's podcast her stories and i'll 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 be supporting in the background but i'm going to let her voice really uh shine because it's it's time for that um you can find silka at um silkarosewest.com and also, uh, Silker Rose West, you have your own Facebook page. And if you're interested in, in some of the things that I share and uh, um, some of the more, you know, my, my interests are going in the interest of education and specifically how our brains and our nervous systems uh, learn and acquire new knowledge and skills and how to use story. And the activities uh, and literally the education, the school, that uh, the classes that we're holding every day. How to use those elements to teach uh, the, the, the creatures that we are to do the things that we wish them to do. And especially um, to feel. To feel the things that we cherish um, and that we recognize and love in each other. And so um, that's a lot of different things for me. But if that strikes you as interesting, you'll you'll find my work at josephsarrisy.com, and also on my my Facebook page, Joseph Seracy. So look for us there, or don't. And just know that everything that you do to to spread that that sweet message of inclusion and love, every every little ounce, every inch. That that each one of us moves in that direction. Ooh boy, it's worth it. Boy, mm-hmm. it's just so worth it. And so mm. uh, that's part of it. As 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 we recede a little bit into the background, we move in these other directions. This power it lives in you right now, right now. And we, in a gentle and sweet way, we recognize you. You you have something beautiful to share. And in a challenging and thoughtful way, we do. We ask you to, to rise. Tell those stories. Share that sweetness in your heart. Cause it takes a lot of us. It really will, it really takes a lot of us to, to really spread that all over the planet into the people, into the woodwork, into the earth, into the atmosphere. Thanks for what you do.
1: Thank you. May you grow. And may you also shed limbs that are serving no more, like dead limbs on a tree. And just trust that there is continuous growth, no matter how old you are, no matter how different you think you might be. It's all good. We're really here on this planet to grow until our last breath. It's a commitment, it's a commitment to life and it will give the children over and over this opportunity to strive to do the same. Longing to live in a good way until that moment when we are crossing over with pure joy connected to true fire, fire that can burn you, the same time that truly warms you and needs boundaries, clear water that is never, ever going to be taken for granted. I wish that to you all, dear listeners. May we grow together. And I love you too. Love you. Thank you so much. for listening to how to tell stories to children a bi-weekly podcast from the authors of how to tell stories to children now in 19
0: languages our goal is to help parents teachers and grandparents connect heart to heart with kids
1: you can find this podcast as well as upcoming webinars events our blog stories and more at how to
0: tell to and on our facebook page you will also find the entirety of Season 1, which gives more background and perspective on a variety of storytelling topics.
1: You can also submit questions and ideas. We like to hear from you.
0: If you value this podcast, we invite you to consider making a contribution to keep it alive. The proliferation of free podcasts, articles, and resources on the web makes it easy to forget that real people are behind the work. It means a lot to us when you take the time to rate, and review our book, this podcast, or share it with a friend. And if you're able, your financial gifts at patreon.com slash how to tell stories to children, make it possible for us to continue calling out the storytelling voice in other parents, teachers, and grandparents.
1: Together, we can spread the intimacy and joy of storytelling one family at a time.